The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Well, it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Welcome back to Short Hops and Tall Tales, a picture list podcast highlighting the romantic elements of baseball that make America's pastime special. I'm Noah Scott, once again joined by Brandon Riddle, and we are excited to bring you another episode packed with weird baseball. So today we are joined by a very special guest. It is the picture list of picture list fame, Nick Pollock. Now, Nick, of course, is the founder of PitcherList.com, the best fantasy baseball resource on the internet. I'm not just saying that because he signs my checks, um, but, <laughs> but that's where he curates the list that is ranking the top 100 pitchers in the league every week. In addition to all the amazing analysis and content, he's also just one of the kindest people I've met in baseball, which is reflected in the great community that we've helped create on the PL Plus Discord. Uh... Yes, that is a shameless plug. Join the PL Plus Discord. Nick, I see you shaking your hand and you look very uncomfortable uh, after the <laughs> praise. So welcome to the show. Glad to have you. <laughs> What is happening? I, that's the first thing I have to say every time. So it really was hard for me not to interrupt that here. Um, thanks for having me. This is uh, this is a really fun and special podcast. It's different than the others. You know, this is the it's just, yeah, let's just appreciate this sport and talk about all the fun idiosyncrasies <laughs> and and legends and fables and stories. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, a little, little change of pace from, uh, you know, seam shifted wake and spin rate for you. Uh, yeah, we're gonna be talking a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to just a quick rundown for today. We're going to be chatting with Nick a little bit about PitcherList and his experience in the fantasy community. Then Brandon has this killer story about the ball player, uh, more like a legend known as Mo Berg that I'm really excited to crack into. <laughs> known as Mo Berg. His, his, like, his name was just Mo Berg. But yeah, I, I like that. Known <laughs> as Mo Berg. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong, though? He was known by his name. Anyway, uh, <laughs> then we're going into the pickle jar and then we're going to finish things off with a roundtable discussion. Uh, talking about building an all time rotation with Nick, the pitching guy himself. So this will be a really fun episode and I, I'm excited to get started. Yeah. Um, so, Nick. I know, you know, from talking with you in the past uh, that you've talked more about being words are hard <laughs> so nick <laughs> talking with you in the past i know that you've talked about you know growing up being more of a fan of great pitching than necessarily a fan of your team which by the way is the yankees which is the one mark i have against you all uh, right okay i want to be happy okay. in life oh wait, 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 you got okay? a dodger fan and a yankee fan you know, it's just the pot ca calling the kettle black <laughs> you know and look i and i respect bets from you know against us i was like oh man i gotta root against bets here so like, I understand this. You must like Aaron Judge. He's pretty good at what he does, too. How could okay? you not like him? I hate that he's right, such a exactly. nice person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There, yeah. There's actually a little thing about, like, they're too nice now. Like, I'm they someone are. that loves how we're treating humans well. But there's also the yeah. fact of, hey, baseball needs drama really badly. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm so conflicted about that. There's no real villains on. I mean, there are a couple of villains on the Yankees that I can think of, but generally, like Judge Stanton, they're very likable players. I think right? like all the villains right now are on the Astros, but that's just my yeah, thought. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, of course, and like there used to be Bryce Harper a little bit, but not really yeah. anymore. I kind of, but I was I kind of dig him. I like Bryce. Yeah, Harper. I was still rooting for Bryce, even though he kind of was trying to play that bad guy type role for a little bit there. Yeah. But then he's just kind of a cool guy. 
Yeah, Bryce exactly. had a kid and and started hanging out with the fanatic, and now oh. he's a fan favorite. Yeah, yeah there. I love it. I love it. Adam Eden, he's a villain right now. I don't know why he's shoving uh, uh, Cleveland all of a sudden. That was that was silly. Yeah, yeah. Villain, villains, <laughs> villains. That'd be a great episode. I'm gonna write that down. Oh, that'd be lovely. <laughs> Ooh, but yeah. really, you know, in the vein of fandom, has your fandom, you know, has it really changed over time as you've kind of made your career in baseball? Like, do you still internally get excited watching, you know, the Yankees make a playoff runners, things like that? Or is it just all pitching all the time? Yeah, that's a good question. I 100 percent like I will. I've rooted for Chris Sale when he was. Yeah, oh, I yeah. still do. But like David Price and everything mm-hmm. on the Red Sox. I mean, that's just even though they're going against my Yankees like, oh, Sale, come on, execute that slider. It's so beautiful. Right. <laughs> I but I also feel spoiled about it because I don't ever feel worried about the Yankees. It's like I can do my normal talking about pitching through the entire year. And just in the back of my head, I know the Yankees are making the playoffs. I don't need to like actually be a fan of them during the year. Like, who cares? (laughs) Eventually, once the postseason comes by, then all of a sudden it's like, all right, now I care about the Yankees. I will say that when uh, Brasso hit the home run off of a draw draw this Chapman last year, I was smiling. Because that yeah. was amazing. That was such an incredible baseball moment. Even though it eliminated my Yankees, I was like, this is kind of dope. This is this is great. That was iconic. You know? and, so, and then you'll it, know the Yankees yeah. are going to playoffs the next season. So it's a nice problem yeah, to it's have. Fine. <laughs> like for, for other teams, I won't say it, you get like one or two playoffs a decade. So right. those are moments to dread. <laughs> you know, and there I mean, was it's kind of funny. There was a moment I was a Reds fan after Tony Singrani faced Michael Waka in like 2015 or 16 that's or something. I haven't heard in a long time. And I was like, I am I'm a I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan now with my NL team. And that lasted like a month. Yeah. So I, I just yeah. I just couldn't do it. I'm sorry, Reds. Uh, sorry. As long as Bado's on there, I will always be a fan of the Reds. Mm. Mm. Of course. So, so really like talking about that, you know, growing up, getting into pitching, getting into baseball, what was that initial wave of pitchers that really got you hooked on pitching? Like who are some of the aces that you really love to watch growing up? That's a really good question. I'm going for the pitcher list origin yeah, story. Okay. Uh, I mean, I remember learning how to pitch from my, uh, my downstairs neighbor, uh, the tenant there, uh, who actually was a pitching coach at TCU after. Oh, wow. Wanted me to be called Swamp Baby when I was born. Swamp Baby. <laughs> Swamp Baby. Right. Swamp Baby's from the South. You know, I just saw, I just call him Swamp Baby. You know, I loved it. I, uh, oh but gosh. I, but yeah, I remember he taught me how to pitch and stuff. And I mean, David Cohn to me was my idol. David Cohn. Like yeah. I, That's I mimicked one. my emotion on David Cohn. Um, I mean, he was, he was the one I really looked up to. And it was hard not to like love uh, Randy yeah. Johnson. I didn't give the love Pedro deserved because he was a Red Sox and I was young. And naive. <laughs> okay, I've changed. Pedro is unbelievable, and it's incredible what he's done. Um, Mike Mussina was also part of it. I mean, it was very Yankee-focused. I wasn't as wide in my love for, for pitching at a younger age. Uh, it wasn't really until I got into fantasy that I started watching all these guys again, like 2011. And then well, I was like, oh, okay. okay, yeah, this is this is a new thing. And... <laughs> That I'm really understanding it. And also you had more access to it because when you're a kid, you can't really watch you know, randomly yeah. a clip on Sports Center or something like that. Nowadays I can just I see all games on my you know my two 1440p screens. It just <laughs> like I, I I feel like I'm in the matrix or something watching all these pitches. And yeah, I'm spoiled about that now. So, so there still are some other guys, but yeah. You know. Yeah, it was only in twenty eleven when you started playing fantasy baseball. Well, I was playing for a while, but I was losing. Okay. Um, and I had my <laughs> my fan graphs renaissance in 2011 or so because um, I got to understand I was among my friends. I was the only one that played baseball. So I had this oh. like little bit of ego, like I know the sport, like whatever, yeah. you know, I know what's real and what's good and bad. And <laughs> that they were just beating me because they actually did research and everything. And I yeah. didn't. So then I was like, OK, you know what? Maybe maybe I should start looking at this stuff a little bit deeper. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Um, so, so moving forward a couple of years, uh, I got to ask you about you know just the the origins of pitcher list. Now I know it started off as pitcher gifts, but really just shortly, did you ever see it growing to the size it is now? Like, oh, absolutely not. Uh, I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to dream big <laughs> yeah. and everything, but like this is a pitcher list is something that every single year we kind of assess like what we can and can't do, and we've been incredibly fortunate to recognize the 
you know, uh, given opportunities to say, oh, cool, this is accessible. We can then do this and to keep exploring the possibilities of the Internet. I uh, you know, to, to see actually like, oh, we can do that thing. And that thing is over, is cool over there. Maybe we can do something like that and meet so many people uh, yeah. that are that just encourage and, um, you know, and push you forward. Mm-hmm. I like I, I mean, as soon as recent as 2017, we didn't have a discord or something like that. You know, we were still on Facebook Messenger and uh, it wasn't until actually QB list showed up that we had to move to Slack, you know, uh, really? which is kind of crazy in 2017. Um, and by the way, the, now like the Discord is like my favorite thing that we created. <laughs> Forget the entire yeah. site and everything. I'm serious. That Discord is such a special sanctuary for baseball. Uh, and that makes me so happy. And for those of you that have just read the website, it's really like scratching the surface because until I joined the Discord, I had no idea. Like all of the conversations, it's helped me so much. You meet so many cool people. Just an, I'm going to be shamelessly plugging this Discord the whole, the whole time. So, um. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, when I started, it was just I knew how to. I didn't actually know how to make gifts. I knew how to make mm-hmm. a WordPress website, and I had. You know, with everything you do, it's about what do you want to achieve? And then I think the most fun moment is realizing the path to achieving something. And you can actually see, you know, all the steps that it would take and be like, oh, I could go to that step and that take that one and take that one and eventually would get there. Yeah. And that's kind of how it was with picture gifts. I recognize like, oh, yeah, all I would have to do is just find those and take the time <laughs> to do that. And I have months to do that. I can do that. Um, and then it just kept going you know i just oh wait i should probably write something i'll write about pictures <laughs> i like those you know and and it just yeah it just keeps going from, from there. there so so what level of you know the, the game did you get to you mentioned you were a pitcher for a while so you kind of understood the dynamics there so what what level did you did you end up at oh yeah i was just a i was a college pitcher had the worst mechanics <laughs> um, i had to try and teach myself some stuff because no one for example taught me about the back foot and how you're supposed to twist it mm-hmm. and then that mm-hmm. starts the kinetic chain i i never mm-hmm. understood any of that uh yeah. you know and i remember remember throwing sometimes and feeling better when i had a shorter arm but then some people warned me about you know that it hurts your elbow and stuff yeah and it, it, all these things these myths and legends and i uh, i didn't really know what to follow and everything i didn't have any video of myself i don't have any mm-hmm. video of me pitching oh, ever, man. which really stinks <laughs> I really wish Better. I had. I have photos. I actually have this in my closet card. right now. <laughs> well, I have the baseball. Oh my God, don't. Okay. That photo <laughs> is going to haunt me forever. Um, but I have, I have like a, um, I don't know what to call it, but it's, it's a giant photo of me pitching. It's in my closet, <laughs> like poster board of it that nice. my, my, I think my friend took in college because he was a photographer for the paper and my parents bought it. And I don't like, how do you accept that? You know, how do you like they give you a gi- here's a giant photo of you make a shrine pitching. to it, right? Like, what are you going to do? You know, candles next can to you it. Imagine beads just, around its neck. Can you imagine just like bringing a friend over or something yeah. and just saying, look at my wall. There's me pitching. I mean, like, I'm not Alex Rodriguez. I'm not going to do that. Just you as a centaur. You know? Yeah, I get it. Yes, yeah, so exactly. So <laughs> so it's just in my closet. And that's, that's, that's the closest I have of like proof <laughs> that I pitched. Nice. So it's like, uh, but yeah, I wish I had video and everything like that. And I was, I was, yeah, I was terrible. But afterwards, I, um, I actually coached uh, youth basketball uh, just because it was fun. And mm-hmm. it was like, yeah. you know, 12, 13 year olds. And I enjoyed that. And then the dads of that wanted me to coach baseball. Uh, because they had an opening for their 13 year old team and one of their, uh, you know, they had a connection to it. Um, and I coached the travel team for a year um, with my friend who abandoned me like a month into it. Yeah, he got a good uh, job and everything. But I was like, I was okay. actually happy because I was like, great, I get to coach fully now. <laughs> I got this, you know, and it was a lot of fun. And then with that, I gave pitching lessons as well for a couple of years. Um, and along that time, like I had conventions. But then even as I was teaching them, I was like, this isn't right. Yeah. Uh, and I would talk to a couple other people I was doing the lessons with. They had ideas as well. And, you know, it, it just there's some things that just didn't seem right to me. Um, and then over time, they've been kind of confirmed. I mean, one of those is we were we were teaching 
like how to hit right and it was just uh-huh. i was like no this is wrong like guys have beautiful swings through the zone but they're like no it needs to chop i'm like it doesn't need to chop <laughs> yeah. i remember the chop yeah really, get on know? top of the ball yeah. yeah exactly i mean yes to the extreme of like christian yelich that amazing video with barry bonds and everything like yes you're gonna hit it straight into the ground but that actually gets you the launch it's it's a that's a it's like you go so far it becomes successful kind of thing mm-hmm. but i but yeah i learned so much from that and then even I mean, look, I still have access to some of the early articles I wrote and some of them are bad. Uh, And I mean that like I just didn't really I was just jumping into it. And over the years, I mean, this community itself has taught me so much uh, with um, unbelievable information everywhere else. And, you know, it's uh, I'm still working on it. I mean, Patrick Mm -hmm. Corbett just allowed nine hundred runs. So, yeah, I'm super smart to the delight of my fantasy team. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Um, So, you know. It's something that's still evolving as a process, but uh, but yeah, yeah, it started. Yeah, it started. I guess my as far as my most productive really accolade. How far did I get? Yeah, throwing eighty four on my best day. Hey, in college, yeah. D three. A lot of that's people can't do it. that. Yeah. yeah, it's more like eighty though. Just keep that in mind. It's like eighty, one, maybe eighty four on a good day. It's a that's strong. Fine. It's a strong eighty though. I'm sure there's some movement. <laughs> there's some ride on it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Now, now, because, you know, we're talking in pitcher list really has grown very quickly. Has there been a time for you to just kind of sit back and just look upon, you know, all that that's come of it, you know, just kind of a pinch me moment or just smelling the roses a little bit? I had a I had a really fun moment with with fast last year uh, where we um, this was right before everything happened. So it was like the end of February. We're in Mm -hmm. first pitch, Florida. um, And. Uh, fast had gotten seats in the spring training game like right behind the orioles dugout uh and we got there early talked to jameson tyone for 30 minutes <laughs> wow. and it was a friday at one o'clock i'm drinking a beer and watching a baseball game and working nice and that was a moment of like i have all it. my choices in life have led to this you know and that's yeah i'm okay with that <laughs> yeah i've made it <laughs> 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 oh that was a cool thing so, i mean yeah there's so much more we want to do obviously and it's yeah, yeah i'll never really i don't know it, it i don't I don't know if i'll ever really get to that moment of just be like all right i'm i'm good you know that's <laughs> just not how we work here yeah so so what was it like then to make that leap to try to do pitcher list as a full-time thing to try to support yourself based off like mm-hmm. a hope and a dream what was that like when you first decided to make that decision man i still haven't if that makes sense i yep, uh, like mm-hmm. I uh, so I I have a job essentially as a consultant for a uh, for a film distribution company um, that uh, and I, I still do often mm-hmm. through the week and everything and I haven't I haven't ended that yet and if you guys don't know uh, I mean I don't take anything from the site I mm-hmm. uh, it's it just doesn't make sense because I want to keep growing and doing wonderful things if I'm taking yeah. things that means that it can't grow as much I uh, now. I with that job before I still had you know autonomy and it's been kind of the same for a while of like this is what I do and I enjoy that and I enjoy that project and that constant purpose of like I need to constantly make this better so as far as when that leap really happened um I would say I would say it shifted let's think about this like I was I was doing things in the morning you know i would do like the the nastiest pitches and uh sp roundup 2015 mm-hmm. to like 17 18 that's pretty much all i did and then i did a couple other things but i think it's really the past like since 2019 or so it really started to get okay all right this is picking up this is doing good things you know spore obviously helped a ton with bringing me involved with rotographs and bring me on to fireside chats and everything like that i got a gig writing with them too that's when it started being like, oh, okay, like this is mm-hmm. really okay. We gotta really invest as much as we can into this. And this year, it's been, oh man, <laughs> it makes it easy when you're just home. Like, what else am I gonna do? Yeah, like, all right, yeah. only picture list all the time. <laughs> so yeah, it, oh, it's, man, it's been wild. Yeah, yeah, and you already touched on on you know getting to talk to Jameis and Tyone. Like that's so unreal. Cool. Is is there another interaction? Is there another player interaction that stands out to you for good or for bad? Um, I mean, well, first of all, we've been so unbelievably lucky to do that talking pitching series. Right. Um, Like that was so cool and huge props to, you know, fast was able to make a lot of that stuff work. Uh, Jessica or Roscoe 
um, who uh, helps out with their Instagram was able to reach out to a lot of these players. And they were like, yeah, that's great. Like, that's how that worked. It wasn't anything much more special than just like, hey, do you want to come on and hang out? Like, yeah, sure. All right. (laughs) Like, all right, Luke Weaver. Sweet. Uh, Cool. We'll we'll do the thing, you know. Uh, That's But um, I mean, that one with Tyon was cool. We went and talked to Boyd the next day last year. Uh I mean, we were just starting to do that thing. And then obviously everything shut down. And we're like, ah. All right. Uh, so that was a really cool one. Matthew Boyd was is unbelievably kind of a, of a person. The same as Tyone, mm-hmm. of course, too. Uh, but meeting David Cohen really was just like, oh, I, for you I, especially. That's yeah. your guy in 2019. Yeah. Like he spent an hour. He loved CSW and wanted to talk about it with us more. Wow. And it was, you know, I have that. There's a video um where i hate it so much because the first thing i do is like i point at him and go david cohen all right this is amazing i'm like why are you pointing at him aggressively it's fine i'm like just i wish you just didn't do that i wish i was just like hey guys i'm here with david cohen but i'm like david cohen i'm like david cohen hey Ah, why did i do that okay but it's really cool we're talking grips about like how he threw his curveball and his fastballs and that's just like the dream with a guy who pitched a perfect game in the world series i mean he's my boy (laughs) that's that's the that's my favorite pitcher you know and that was yeah that was easily the one for absolutely surreal well maybe we'll hear more about david Cohn when we start talking about our our (laughs) all-time starting rotation uh but moving on nick it's a tradition here for our guests to bring a trivia question with Mm. them what do you have for us yeah make it so stupid well (laughs) i i you know me, I'm obviously going to do some pitching statistic. And I'm in shocked. the year 2000, I think this is great. In the year 2000, Randy Johnson and Pedro Martinez led the league in K per nine. Not shocking. 12 and a half K per nine, 11.78 for Pedro there with Randy leading. But the thing is, in fifth place was Pedro Estacio at just under nine. There are two pitchers in between at three and four who hovered around a 10 K per nine. I wonder if you guys figure out who they were in the year 2000. Um, they picked half. My initial reaction is to throw Kurt Sterling in there because he was having uh, like a pretty good. In, year. Oh, I'm sorry, did I say 2009? In 2000, 2000, yeah. 2000. So 2000, I'm, I'm guessing yeah. Kurt Sterling was not there then, even no. though that was his time. Okay, okay. So that was um, my first gut reaction. That's from across qualified pitchers, and there's one. I'll, I'll give you a hint for the first one. I uh, was in the league for a very long time, oh. and. The, uh, the 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 other one did not pitch for very long. Oh, but we all know about him. Um, Roger Clemens. Uh, not Roger Clemens. Really That's a good guess though. Oh, he was man. at a thirteenth. Yeah, I did. A, this is a tough one. I just thought this was a fun group of names. This is this is tough. I'm just thinking purely. You know who's pitching in the in two thousand two thousands. Yeah, this is Maybe yeah sure Mussina. yeah. We just we just talked about Mike Mussina. Good good idea. He was fifteenth uh, at eight K per nine. Um, okay. I'm going to give another hint. I, uh, uh, number three, it was very early in his career. Okay. And it's someone who played for a long time. Yes. Long time. Two thousands. Uh, uh he, early he has career. hit a home run in his career. Ah, uh, geez. Okay. That throws out both of them actually have. Wow. For yeah. A long time. The second one definitely has hit a home run in his career. 100%. I mean, both of them, 100%, you know this, but the second one has hit multiple home runs in his career. I feel Multiple. like this is one of those those questions that's gonna kill me when you give us the we, answer. We say that, be like, how did I not think all right, about that? Uh, you realize that we, first, say that, yeah. we say that every time. This is gonna kill us when we don't get it, and <laughs> yeah. we never do. Okay, so here's the thing. I'll, I'll give more hints here. The third okay. one had a very famous home run in the, like the last like four years. Um, well, it's not Ryu. That was my first. Um, so I the second the second one number four is famous more so like people see highlights of this player, but not as a pitcher. That's weird. Wait, wait, wait. Is this strictly in the year 2000? I'm and just I'm... in the year 2000. And he just hit home okay. run four years ago. Four years ago. Yeah, I think it was pitcher, about four years ago. Yeah. The only Very pitcher, famous home run. The only pitcher home run that I can think of from four years was it Bartolo. He's Bartolo Colon is correct. Yes, really? Was right. I thought there was, 10, oh. 10, 15 K per nine, which is startling. That I was thought the there was no yeah. way it was being Bartolo. Oh, man. Yeah. I, Nice. I didn't know that he. I didn't know he'd pitched. I knew he'd pitched for forever, but I. I thought two thousand was way too early. So no, he was like one of those nineteen twenty year olds coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was young. Now the fourth one, um, as I've kind of hinted at, uh, I wasn't a pitcher for very long, but his highlights are not really of pitching. They are of throwing, though. It wasn't Rick Ankiel. Oh, it is. It is. Oh, Oh, yes. Yeah, nine point nine eight K per nine. I just I saw those two names. I'm like, oh, those are two those fun are ones. 
yeah, especially yeah, so in 2000. Like uh, uh, in my mind, like Bartolo and Rick Ankill, they were after 2000. But no, that makes mm, sense early in their careers. You know, I know wow. the difference between them and Randy and Pedro. Both of them had a walk per nine well above four. Oh, we're going well, Randy early and career Pedro Randy. Were like, okay. Yeah, way lower. Wow. <laughs> that was a good one. I wouldn't have thought of 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 Rick Ankiel. That that's because that's I was mm. I was like okay, what other two way player? Or maybe they switched positions, but yeah, right, right. Like, Rick Ankiel came up and is way too wild in the Cardinal system, right? And so they sent yep. him back down, and he works his way up to be the outfielder yeah. with a cannon for an arm, which was magically oh better God. than the pitching arm. Yeah. So good, so good. Yeah. It was. I so, mean, he, the highlights of him throwing from deep center are just the. Best. Oh, I love those Ichiro esque. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. So now that you, the pitching words again, the pitching <laughs> trivia, pitching trivia did not disappoint Nick. Uh, thank you very much for for bringing that with you. Now we're going to shift into a segment where Brandon's going to take it away and talk about Mo Berg. Brandon, I got a level with you. I've never heard of this player. I have no idea what you're going to talk about, and I am incredibly excited. Oh, and, and that's perfectly acceptable because up until last week, I had never heard of this guy either. Uh, but then being the fan of history and science that I am, was shocked that I had not heard of him. Um, so I found this guy. I was looking for, I'm not sure, sure what I was thinking of, but I was looking at a players who you know uh, were in certain world war ones world war twos what kind of medals awards they got and i happened upon the one major leaguer who got the medal of freedom mo berg it's like oh wow. i bet you that's a kind of cool story let's go look into mo berg indeed i did um turns out he got a medal of freedom for being a spy in world war ii and a little bit in the cold war and it was a catcher for 15 years so i decided to what? this guy needs a story i need to figure out what's going on with mo berg <laughs> Uh, so I backtracked, and he was born in 1902, and he had a fairly typical childhood growing up. You know, the the parents who really wanted the immigrant parents that really wanted him to go to school and be book smart and get a career and things like that. And he's nine, thinking I want to play baseball. So you know, that's what he did <laughs> on the streets of New York, playing baseball for a while. And they got really good at it, great in high school. And then Princeton picked him up for full, full scholarship out there. Wow. And yeah, he was uh, shortstop. So he was really Princeton. smart. Yeah, actually, he um, majored in romance languages, and he spoke 12 huh. languages. Uh, so what? he spoke that I know of what is German, that? Greek, Italian, Latin, Spanish, and knew a lot about Germans Sanskrit as well. Language? Ger- German? German is a romance language? I don't think German is a romance is. language. Oh, absolutely is. <laughs> I, I'll take it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. The boss says it's a romance language. It's a romance language. Yes, it's a romance language. <laughs> it's not a romance language for the, the the well, I don't want to say coarse, but the aggressiveness of the language. That's not why mm-hmm. they call it romance or not. Yeah. Noah. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know why I'm saying it like that. I'm so sorry. Is it the descendant of Latin? <laughs> romance language. There you go. Yes. There you go. There you go. That's how we do it. And actually, <laughs> his thesis about Sanskrit ended up in the um, Library of Congress for a while. So he what? was a smart guy who wow. played baseball as well. Um, and he was also extremely charismatic. Like Everyone he talked to raved about him. Um, there were stories about him going to the parties, being the life of the parties. And uh, this is a quote. The ladies went gaga over him. Aww. Sharp guy, smart, charismatic, apparently good looking, and plays baseball. This guy's a catch. Oh, he's the a catcher. Package. Yeah. Oh, oh look um, at that. Ooh. Yeah, I love no, it. I'm no, I, I think that was good. And not to mention that <laughs> quote about how ladies would go gaga. That's actually how Lady Gaga got her name. Oh, it that. was a uh, it was Mo Berg, yeah. Yeah, listening to the Mo Bergs. A very <laughs> a very little known if you didn't know, Nick is apparently a Lady Gaga mega fan. Oh, uh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Uh, what is her song? It's Poker uh, Face. you know, uh, yeah, that's I'm giving that right now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just get that image as you listen to this. Yeah, you you can't see him, but he is giving me a stern poker face right mm, now. You don't know. You just don't know. Okay, right. so he's a spy, right? How does that happen? Does he was he a spy before his career or after? Well, that's what some people kind of speculate. Uh, some people are speculating that actually his baseball career was just a cover because if you look at his career Whoa. stats, he's played for fifteen years, right? In fifteen years, he got four hundred forty hits. And he racked up a negative war over his entire time in the in the in the majors. So you know you, you need your serviceable backups that can go out and eat a few innings here and there and just kind of roster filler. And that's kind of what he was. But he stuck around for so long, and he just kind of became this 
I don't want to say cultural icon since we clearly don't know who he is, but like he was on radio shows constantly. People knew who he was. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where somebody asked him, you know, Mo, you're so smart. Why are you wasting your talents on baseball? And he goes, <laughs> right? And he goes, I'd rather play baseball than be a Supreme Court justice, which is a really cool quote. That's a very Granky-esque quote. Right? Yes, there you go. There you go. I love that. And then uh, in the 30s, he was traded to Washington for the uh, for the senators. And that's kind of where he started rubbing elbows with these really high you know, senators, politicians, uh, influential people. And it got to the point where he actually kept a tuxedo in his locker. So after games, he would just shower, change, and then go out with a tuxedo from his locker. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I'm sure he wasn't very tired if he wasn't wasn't you know a starter either. True, I, I think he got more than 100 games once in his career. So most of okay. the time, he's just hanging out and having a good time, hitting his six career home runs. I think they were Doing 12 subterfuge. Home runs. Yeah. Now um, this uh, this Mo Berg was the uh, actually you know what I believe that this I, I think I know the end of this. I'm not going to I'm not going to say anything more. I'm going to let you say. I realize okay. I might be ruining this story, and I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Better <laughs> than that. Know. Well, we'll, right. we'll see if we get there. All right. Okay. Okay. So that leads us to the, I guess, not summer. Well, in 1934, Major League Baseball did the first uh, all-star tour of Japan. So they took a bunch of all-stars and toured the country and, you know, expanded the game, kind of being ambassadors, things like that. And in this famous tour at the time, they brought Babe Ruth, who just went on to completely own the tour. There were books written about this with him. Uh, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Jimmy Fox, Lefty Gomez, Hall of Fame, Inner Circles. And then Mo Berg with his 240 <laughs> career average. Uh, so people were like, why is Mo Berg even here? And I think he got in like one game in the tour. Yeah. Uh, but one of the reasons why people are speculating he got in is because in the main game, the MLB All-Stars versus Japanese All-Stars, um, he didn't show up to the game. Because he was 17 miles away in Tokyo wearing a black kimono walking down the street trying to stay aloof apparently. What? He bought a bouquet of flowers and went to the hospital because that's where an ambassador's daughter was at. She was sick and he was going to say, hey, I'm going to go get this to the ambassador's daughter and kind of talk to the staff and they let him in. So he went to this hotel, this hotel um, hospital, that's the word, and then went up the stairs to the seventh floor, looked around, kind of watched the staff a little bit. And instead of going to the daughter's room, left to an exit stairwell and went up to the roof. And then he got up there, set the flowers down, and then reached into his kimono, and he had a camera strapped to his body. So he took out the camera and started taking pictures of the skyline, the cityscape of Japan. So he got uh, some of the palaces in there, the industrial complex, some ports. He got all this stuff on top of the hospital, uh, put it back in his kimono, grabbed the flowers, went back down, and left the building. Then he ended up giving these photos to the U.S. government. And in the 70s, it was believed that these photos actually were resources used in the James Doolittle raids during World War II. Wow. Which is insane. Incredible. (laughs) Uh, It's proven it probably didn't quite happen, that those weren't used. But he still took those pictures and gave them to U.S. governments. So when you say Moberg, yeah. He he was very very clearly had an alter uh, you know an oh, ulterior motive. Absolutely. In fact, uh, he met Rockefeller, who was a future vice president in uh, Washington, and that was probably where he started getting these ideas of you know I speak these twelve languages, I can travel around the world with baseball. Let's try to implement this and see what we can do. You know, counter espionage or diplomatically, and Japan was kind of first taste into that. And I say first taste because that wasn't even the best story this guy has when it comes to um, espionage. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah. So he retired and then he was the coach for the Red Sox for a couple of years. And then Pearl Harbor happened. And then a month later, he signed up to be a part of the Office of Strategic Services, which was a predecessor to the CIA. Uh, so he signed up with essentially the CIA. And with his 12 languages, his charismatic and you know famous background, they sent him down to South America to kind of do... Um, what was it? Um, counter propaganda against the Axis. So they sent the stuff in. They would, you know, speak the language and say, no, this isn't actually how it is. So he did that for a little bit. And then he kind of proved himself. And so the Office of Strategic Services then sent him to Italy to capture scientist Antonio Ferry and bring him to the United States. And Antonio apparently wasn't too hip on, you know, the Axis. And he was an aerospace engineer. Um, he was working on high-velocity airplanes. And so Mogberg goes there speaking Italian, of course. 
and he finds Fury hidden in the mountains and brings him back. <laughs> what? So and, he's he's not only a ball player, but he's he's a like almost like a bounty hunter too. That's why yeah, he's he's like the Mandalorian, the baseball. Exactly right. <laughs> he al- he always keeps his face mask on when he goes to these places. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And when he did that, um, you know, President Roosevelt heard about it and it goes, uh, this is a quote, I see Mo is still catching very well. <laughs> Which is cool. Yeah. So that's story number two. We got one more espionage story about this guy, and it is my f- it's my favorite story about him. One of my favorite stories in baseball now. So this is even crazier? Yeah. Yeah, this is one that you kind of say, wait a minute. There's no way this actually happened. <laughs> okay. Uh, so he performed well getting uh, this Italian air, um, aerospace scientist. And so the CIA essentially gives him one more task. And this is to go listen to Werner Heisenberg. And Heisenberg, you should know that from the Heisenberg uh, principle, you know, are they alive or dead in the box? Basically, that type of thing. Um, or Breaking he, Bad. But, breaking yeah. Bad, yeah. <laughs> One of the founders of quantum mechanics, amazing things. And his job was to go um, inside deep enemy lines, because at this point, Heisenberg hasn't left Germany since the start of the war, uh, listen to him talk. And if Moberg decides that Heisenberg is close in developing the bomb to assassinate him. And because he can't be caught, take a cyanide pill that the government gave him. What? So this former Major League Baseball catcher is now deep inside Nazi territory, listening to Werner Heisenberg talk about, uh, you know, atomic bombs. And he has a pistol in his pocket looking at him. And as Heisenberg's up in the stage, he's surrounded by Nazi soldiers. And before uh, Moberg got there, he was actually given prep work uh, by Nobel physicist, Nobel Prize winning physicist, and Albert Einstein. He sat down with Albert Einstein to talk about the background of the bomb to figure <laughs> out, um, you know, what keywords he's listening for, what phrases to be listening to. And uh, the quote from Einstein is another good one. It goes, uh, Mr. Berg, you teach me baseball and I would teach you the theory of relativity. Uh, but then after the first conversation, Einstein changes mind saying, no, we must not. You will learn relativity faster than I will learn baseball. <laughs> so that's, that's how sharp this guy was. That's wild. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's in kind of like, yeah, he's kind of like the most interesting man in the world from the Dos Equis commercials. But yeah, no, it's fascinating. Amazing. So, so he's sitting in, this is a Switzerland at the time, because for the first time, Heisenberg has left Germany to Switzerland to give a talk. So he's in this crowd, listening intently, figuring out, do I need to shoot this guy and then take this pill? What's going to happen? And then he kind of decided that he made a gut judgment and said, Heisenberg isn't close to the bomb, so we don't need to um, assassinate him. Well, then it so happened that Mo Berg in his... Um, you know, spy get up. He was posing as a Swiss graduate student. Um, he was invited to a small dinner with Heisenberg. So now the stakes are even higher. There are now a small dinner. There's like a dozen people in this table having a round table discussion. <laughs> and then once again, uh, they have this and Moberg thinks, okay, I don't think he knows anything, but then he goes one step further and convinces Heisenberg to let him walk him back to his hotel. With just the two of them. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. And in that private setting, um, Heisenberg almost thought that Moberg was actually an SS officer trying to figure out what Heisenberg is giving up. Uh, uh, but then during that talk, Heisenberg actually said that I don't think Germany is going to win the war. And so from there, Moberg said, OK, we're good now. I don't need to assassinate this guy. Um, so he, he gets back. He sends his report to Roosevelt. And once again, President Roosevelt sells, says, um. Let us pray Heisenberg is right that Germany is close to the end. And general, my regards to the catcher. That's wonderful. So twice President Roosevelt tipped his cap and twice Moberg did successful espionage during World War II. That's too good to be true. Like, I yeah. I believe it. But at the same time, I just don't understand how someone can have such a wild life. Like, that's yeah. That's and and. During Moberg's life, none of this was released because it was all classified. And that's the reason yeah. why in his lifetime, he turned down the Medal of Freedom because he couldn't tell people why he got it. Mm-hmm. And, and and the war did take a heavy to- toll on Berg. Um, you know, his brother said he was still kind of charismatic, but he lost the shine. He wasn't the same. He couldn't sure. hold down jobs anymore. And he just traveled from couch to bed to couch to bed for the rest of his life um, until was one day in the uh, late 60s, I believe. 
Um, he's on this deathbed after a fall with his sisters. And then his last words were just, um, how did the Mets do today? <laughs> oh, that's so great. Yeah. So truly yeah. an incredible story. 15 years in the majors, um, spy. He even had a little play in the Cold War a little bit there. Uh, but then, you know, at that amount of work, especially if you have, you know, that many languages, trying to do that many anti-propaganda, espionage, almost killing someone. You know, yeah. it just really wore on him in his later life. Of course. So great story, but it took a heavy toll. Now, and, uh, I have two two follow-up questions. Yeah. The first is, how has this guy's life not been made in, into a movie yet? It has. It has. Oh, it, it has. has. Yeah. Oh, the, okay. The Catcher was a spy starring Paul Rudd. Really? Paul Rudd was Paul more Rudd. Gonna, yeah. uh, and then Paul Giamatti's in it. It's actually a pretty good um, cast. I'm going to watch this tonight <laughs> so that's, that's so this is what i didn't want to interject with that yeah yeah i haven't mm-hmm. seen it i heard it was okay but yeah, it is paul um, rudd and you can't you he's know paul rudd. yeah, yeah it, it got a 30 percent on metacritic and Rotten tomatoes Ooh. yeah but Ooh. i mean that story you got to watch it there are some fictitious events that are in the movie obviously sure but there there are a number of great books and articles out there as well that's why i got a lot of the information was from a series uh, published in the boston globe for a while so i read that phenomenal stuff so really really wonderful graphic as well on the site oh man um right doug carlin did a great job in that graphic yeah so graphics seems yeah so um if you're just listening to the podcast um i go more in depth in the article on pitcherlist.com and that that's where you can go find a little more information about moberg yeah um and then my second question is which current MLB player is most likely to secretly be <laughs> a spy? Well, why is it why is it Jeff Mathis? Well, <laughs> we oh, joke about that, but then Adam LaRoche kind of dipped his toes in that as well. Uh remember he helped the FBI when it came to uh, some pedophile rings and and helped bring to justice some of those. Is that, that right? Was a, yeah, 3 or 4 years ago, he's part of an FBI sting. He went undercover along with another former major leaguer, but they can't recall his name. Drake Mike Lillard. Piazza. I'm just kidding. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> that is wild. I think that's that's got to be up there for for the top top you know, yeah, the craziest no. story we've had on here. And that's something I'm always going to remember because it was an insane ride. Finding yeah. out this research of oh, Medal of Freedom, Moberg, decent career. I guess there's no story there. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh man, that's that's incredible. I, I love stuff like that. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, just in the interest of time, because uh, we're already going late, so mark your bingo cards at home. Shocking, <laughs> I know. Uh, we're going to move on to our next segment. Uh, also, be sure to check out that article that Brandon wrote. It's great. Um, we're going to move on into the pickle jar. Now, for those of you that haven't listened to the show before, the pickle jar is when we take a baseball slang term and then pitch it to some of our friends that are less familiar with the the terminology. And so then they give their best guess as to what it means. So today, the word is eyewash. And we're actually going to put Nick Pollock on the spot here. Uh, Nick, what does eyewash mean? Uh, preferably without without swearing, because I know that's not, not really your thing. <laughs> what is eyewash? I mean... Have you never heard I... that term? I don't know. I mean, okay, hold on. No, I, I hadn't heard about it either until no really? like, hey, wash. I mean, okay, I have, I have I have two guesses. What's your best guess? Yeah, well, I don't know which one's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, okay, okay. Well, no, no the other one isn't going to be that. All right, eyewash has to be something filthy. No, mm, man. What? Yeah. What is eyewash? This is Without this is context, It's it's pretty pretty mm-hmm. hard. Um, like, so eyewash has got to be something pretty that you're looking at, right? Because you're. It's like yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I can right? see that. All let's, right. We're good. Let's ask the audience, Brandon. What did uh, what did your friend <laughs> say? So usually we ask Courtney, but she just got married yesterday, so she was a little oh, busy. Oh, dare she? Right. Congrats to Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> so until I asked regular, she's a regular at this point. Yeah, she is a regular actually. Mm. She she's actually asked for payment, and I said I can I can get you a Snickers <laughs> if you would like. Uh, there you go. We can so arrange instead, that. Yeah, we can make that yeah, happen. Yeah, we can do that. Make it yeah. happen. Uh, so in, instead, I asked my friend Liz, and she goes, um, "Is it when a pitch comes really close to the face, so they get the air kind of in the eye, so it's like an eye wash?" Oh, that's okay. good. That's not that's a bad a idea. Good, yeah, really okay. good guess. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I no. meanwhile, I asked my aunt, uh, who's who's more of a more of a soccer woman, and she said uh, that eye wash is when the sun is setting and it blinds the batter. So you know maybe 
when you've got the field built in a in, in a backwards direction and you get the the right level of sun without without the batter's eye uh that that was her guess which i i can understand it you know it, it makes sense yeah makes sense yeah that's that's yeah. a really good guess yeah but it turns out the actual definition of eyewash wait it, wait wait is it is okay. it the batter's eye no not gonna nope, no, never mind nope, not not even nope. close it's not the nope. batter's eye nope. it's not it's actually uh, fake hustle or really just working hard for the appearance of, of oh. working hard. Um, so I've I've always heard it as just kind of baseball's version of BS. You know, when you see like, oh, this guy's, you know, he's throwing like 104. You, you say, oh, no, that's eyewash. Like there's no, that's right. not real. Right. Um, and then I guess it started as a term uh, used in the 19th century military. Mm-hmm. Uh, may have been a companion term for hogwash. And as language does, it kind of just evolved from there. Right. Uh, now, Brandon, where did you where where did you originally find eyewash when when you're looking into it? Um, so I'm not the one that found. I've never heard this term before earlier this week. So you kind of introduced it to me. Uh, but I usually go on like newspapers.com and go search the 19th, 18th century mm-hmm. papers to see what kind of terminology where I can find of that. Um, so the earliest I found a mention of hog of hogwash, um, eyewash in huh. terms of baseball uh, was 1933. And that's when a journalist um, was kind of explaining to new players how to look good in front of your manager uh, just by swinging wildly on the third pitch. So if you feel you overmatched by this pitcher, just swing really hard so it looks good to other people. So that's eyewash. Huh. All right. Yeah. You know, it, you might as well swing swing hard if you're going to be up there. So that is eyewash. I am actually kind of surprised that neither of you had heard of it before. Mm-hmm. No. Um, yeah, I feel like baseball just has so many of those those terms that we, we learn every time. I mean, Baltimore Chop, we had Punch and Judy hitter that was new to us last uh, week. I'm curious if Nick has a favorite baseball term. Man, wait, I, wait, I want to hear what these were. Baltimore Chop. Oh, that's a fun one. Yeah, I, it's a fun one. And if you want to want to know, know what it Baltimore means, Chop, you can listen to our old podcast. There it is. <laughs> I will do that. I'm going to I don't yeah. want you to tell me what was the second one you said? A Punch and Judy hitter. Punch that was Judy. our episode yeah. last week with Ethan Moore. Oh man, yeah. Punch yeah, and Judy. Welcome there. to Short Hops. <laughs> welcome to Short Hops and Tall Tales, Nick. <laughs> I mean, I, it's it's a fantastic show. I <laughs> Cheddar is one I think that would be kind of interesting Cheddar, to people outside. Ched. You know, he's throwing Ched. You know, it's yeah. like what I mean. All right, uh, obviously, you go from like something to cheese. I don't know how it's cheese even in the first place. I love the high That's cheese. Some term. kind of Boston thing, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cheddar. That sounds right. um i've always i've always enjoyed that one um i know there are others too but for whatever reason i just kept thinking about cheddar yeah 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 um so that is indeed the pickle jar uh be sure to check in next week for next week's term All right, moving on to what I'm really excited about. We've got Nick here from PitcherList. Now we're going to talk about our favorite pitchers of all time. So I've got a prompt for you both. So we're each going to mm-hmm. go around and we're going to piece together your all-time rotation. Now you can go about this however you want. If you want to just list off, you know, these are the best pitchers, period. You can do that if you just want to pick, hey, you know, I'm really into, I don't know, um, you know, Mike Lee or whatever. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like you can be. Okay. Put whoever on it, um, you know, your list is your list. Uh, and then we're going to go through uh, from your rotation and you're just going to pick your player, uh, you know, your, your do a, do or die starter okay. game seven of the World Series. Brandon, are you ready to go first? I, I can absolutely go first. Uh, so I kind of approach this from kind of two perspectives. One, who would be the most intimidating people to have on the mound? Okay. And then the other is how entertaining would they be to watch, especially on like, um, double headers or back to backs. Um, so I'm starting off with, of course, my favorite pitcher. I got to do it, Randy Johnson. Um, I'm shocked. I loved, loved <laughs> watching him. Like I, I was spoiled watching Johnson um, play when I was 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, and just mowing down hitters and getting 17, 18 strikeouts and thinking, oh, it's another day. So he's leading off of me. Um, number two, I'm gonna change it up and really confuse the hitters with Prime R. A. Dickey. I want to go from Johnson to Dickey. One after the other. Well done, Brandon, but not... (laughs) Okay, I see what you're doing. And uh, all right, you know what? I'm just going to act like I didn't hear it. Good game plan. Oh, no. Hey, and if... (laughs) 
Wait, I don't know if you're understanding why I'm saying this. That's a wonderful innuendo. Oh, yeah, look at that. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, I'm embarrassed I didn't even get that. Oh, that's so, oh, that's great. <laughs> But you know, it's I. Uh, I think that's a really good change of super hard to super soft. I, there we go. Really, oh and man, then, I can't. Oh, why and am then I you know what? Things? After that, I'm gonna go Walter why Johnson am I because we got us excited. I'm going to Walter Johnson next. <laughs> the big train. Oh my god. I didn't Nick, even, what have you I done? Didn't even, I didn't that even mean right to. I want to pull it away. I meant to pull it away from that. And oh god. <laughs> Yes, yeah. come down. This is such a wonderful, innocent. No, this is a G-rated podcast. This is like the most. You're the pure one who made just PG thirteen. I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so all right, Dickie, well, Walter Johnson, Johnson. I love that. That's a very Brandon well, he, Moreno. He actually pick. wasn't part of my pick. I just thought oh, I, should well, do, I, should, I should do this now. I'll yeah. Just lean into it. Um, now I'm gonna finish it off with a Bob Gibson, Greg oh, Maddox, yeah. and then by the sure. blue. That's an interesting. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. Vita I Blue, really yeah. love Vita Blue. Yeah. Why is he your number five? And he is an he's an MVP, Cy Young MVP. He had the attitude. I was thinking of people that would be so much fun to watch. Uh, Bob Gibson, Greg Maddox, Vita Blue. My goodness, I would yeah. never miss a game. Yeah. Mm. Now, Nick, do you need a little more time, or do you have your your guys? Ready I have. To go? I have three. I have okay. three. Okay. Well, uh, I can. Yeah. I can go with well, mine. I'll, please. Or, Okay, and then gives you a little more time. Also, if you have a duplicate, like no worries, like it's yeah, your well, favorite yeah, guys, course. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also I, I I had to go a little. I went for fun guys that I personally either Absolutely. would have loved to watch or guys that I have seen and they're Just great. All the Dodgers. Number one, uh, yeah, it's it's <laughs> Mookie <Rich> Betts. Hill. <laughs> there it yeah, is. Mookie Betts. There number one, he can bowl. He can throw strikes. Uh, <laughs> so of course. Well uh, I talk a lot about him on the podcast. Got to have Satchel Page for mm-hmm. my number one. Mm, just yes. in my opinion, just the greatest pitcher of all time. Full stop yep. for me. You know, you can debate yep. with other guys, but that's that's my pick. Uh, and then I have to go with my pair of lefties. You got Koufax and you got Kershaw, which if you're going to have one, you can't have one without the other. Nick is sure. laughing because he won't stop giving me, you know, I just... I pick good players. It just happens that they're on the. Dodgers, oh, okay. Right? Yeah. So, okay. So, I, when I talk about Dodgeritis, I don't mean like an actual sickness where you always need to talk about Dodgers, Noah. Okay, <laughs> it's a separate thing entirely. I'm gonna come on next time we do a draft. I'm not gonna draft anyone from from the West. Period. And oh, yeah. that's possible. Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Enough bagging on on, on Noah here. Oh, because um, we had we're co-managing a fantasy team, and half our players are from like the NL West. Of course they are. <laughs> Of course. And we're 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 one and oh right now. So hey. <laughs> but yeah, so we've got Kofax, we've got you know his spiritual successor, you got Kershaw, and then I got I loved him uh in 2011, 2012, Tim Lincecum. Now oh, I know yeah. that that's yeah. probably sacrilegious as a Dodgers guy. I, I can't get enough of the freaky franchise. Yeah. <laughs> um love him. Of nickname. Yeah. I remember playing MLB two K nine growing up and he was on the cover. <laughs> uh I love Tim Lincecum. And then, of course, as a knuckleball guy, you got to go with the greatest of them, of them all. It's Phil mm-hmm. Necro because I feel like, yeah, you got to have the guy that looks like he's, you know, I guess he really was like 40, 50 years old. You know, somebody who who just will kind of lull the batters to sleep on the mound mm-hmm. because they're expecting to just tee off on them. And suddenly it's the eighth inning and they they yeah. haven't scored. So I think Page, Koufax, Kershaw, Lentz come and Necro. It's a lot of different looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm pretty happy with but- what, what I got. Let me ask you this, Noah. Uh, what's the okay. best way to catch a knuckleball? Uh, picking it up after it stops rolling. Bingo. Oh, yes. <laughs> yep, there it is. Who was that? That yep. was Weaver? Yuk- yeah, oh, yeah, Euchre. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah the knuckleball course, catcher. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Nick. All right, Nick. Okay, so I'm going to go more on the fun side. And yeah, you guys picked fantastic, fantastic pitchers who very well all deserve to be, you know, involved in this and like should be that pick. But mm-hmm. I'm going to go with people that I just, I don't know, over my years and much yeah. more in the modern era than it is the old one. Because I mean, I can go like, you know, um, Chrissy Matthewson, for example, who I just yeah. think mm-hmm. would be a really cool one or uh um uh feller as well like there are a lot of really really amazing ones but i'm going to go more in like impacted me and stuff and yeah. i'm going to start with ben sheets ben prime sheets. ben oh, sheets is just so much fun 18 strikeout game uh and just when he was on it was just oh we're done this is it goodbye mm-hmm. 
Uh, it doesn't matter if you guessed right, if you guessed wrong. It was just Ben he, Sheets' day, and he won't let you say a word. He had some amazing. zip to his fastball, didn't he? Wasn't he? Up, up oh, yeah. There? Oh, yeah. He was mid-90s, I believe, oh, if not oh, even man. higher at times. Uh, like, he that's, was. That's when that's when mid-90s was, you know, not Oh, yeah, that was like, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, so, you so got, Ben Sheets. You, you got Ben Sheets. Then you have my first pick, I believe, in like 2007 when he pitched four innings, and that's Brandon Webb. Oh, so, oh the hurts. previous The previous oh. year, Brandon oh. Webb. Cy Young Award, Brandon Webb. Beautiful. What, what could have Absolutely been beautiful. with that man? Yeah, I remember you know? uh, 2007, that four innings against the Rockies. I thought, oh, he just had a bad game. Oh, he'll be back next week. He'll be back in a month. Uh, oh, no. no. Now he's on no. the, the Diamondbacks postgame shows. Yeah. So, so I, I think I got the the season wrong. It was two thousand nine when he stopped. When it, mm-hmm. that was it, he's done. But he had just mm-hmm. won the Cy Young in two thousand eight, and it's just. <sighs> but he yeah, was a man. Of, he was a true sinker baller. It was oh, it was, it was darting around the uh, the strikeouts weren't there, but it was just try as yeah, hard as you can, and it won't his, work. His very first starting, it's the Mets. He struck out twelve for his first start. So I was on mm-hmm. board from day one. That yeah. was an exciting time. Uh, he's he was great. Okay. Yeah. So you got those two. Um, I want to give some love to Prime Johan Santana. Yes. I uh, and I remember watching so many at bats. This is when I was really learning pitching myself in high school, where like he would throw. I remember one specifically where he had this ninety-five mile per hour fastball, eighty-five mile per hour uh, changeup, and seventy-five mile per hour curveball, and three wow. legitimately different velocity bands with different movement. And all I remember is a strikeout on an inside fastball at 95 where the batter check swung thinking that it was going to be a changeup. And it was just, it was just demolition, like complete mind games, putting the ball where he wanted to filth of of every, every kind. It was so beautiful. And actually I think I got that wrong. 85 mile per hour slider and 75 changeup. Like it was a changeup was a slow one. It was a strike. It was so good. And I I also recently remember when the the Twins lost to the Yankees in the ALDS, I believe in 2005 or so. It was was, um, uh, Santana game one. It was also going to go in game four or five. And essentially in a five-game series, it was like, oh, you're going to lose those two games. So you got to win the other three. Yeah. The Yankees lost game one, and then they won game two, three, or four. You know, and like that's the only way. And they had to win an extra innings in game two. And they'd pull uh-huh. it out because like that was the series. If they let down yeah. to nothing, like I knew then it was just like, no, you're not going to beat Santana. You're yeah. just not. You can't. <laughs> it was it was. No. Oh, I so think prime, one of prime Santana needs love. And and you're really hitting my my sweet spot of nostalgia with all these 2000s. You know. Two, oh, yeah. This is where I'm living right now. Yeah. The, yeah. This is it. Yeah. I think. I, I read a long time ago and one of the one of those kind of butterfly effects, uh, a deal that didn't get done was the Dodgers were talking about trading, I believe, Kershaw and Matt Kemp for Johan Santana at his peak uh, when Kershaw was still, you know, obviously not the left arm guy that we noted. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Which I think that the ripple effect would have been just would have been great would have been great league. Yeah. Oh, man, that, that would yeah. have been just just something else. I uh, yeah. Uh, you you did remind me talking about Brandon Webb of a pitcher I loved watching. Uh, it was Dan Heron. Uh, number mm. one, his delivery was great as he paused the leg. Uh, but one of my favorite things that Dan Heron did is if he missed a spot, if he didn't get a call, he would go back with the exact same pitch the next pitch. Uh, so he, he was kind of famous of just doing the same pitch twice in the road just to get it right. And I loved watching that. I mean, Pedro, you'll see some starts with Pedro. Like, he uh, he allowed the home run. I think it was, like, the the ridiculous, what, 19 strikeout, maybe 20 strikeout game. What did yeah. Pedro have? Like, something stupid. One hitter, right? One of the best games ever oh, pitched. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Chili Davis hit a home run on that. And I was on the insider. It's fast with that guy, like, on the inside part. And the next at-bat, Pedro challenged him the same spot again. Yes, he love it. He couldn't be like, I'm going to beat you on the heater. Like, you, you beat me last time, I'm going to beat you this time. And he did. And that's just made really fun. Now, going back to that, around that time, I was in the 2000s or so. I need to go back. I'm going to go to prime Mark Pryor. Ooh, I, watching okay. Mark Pryor pitch for me was, it was it was weird. Normally, I see a guy throw, and it didn't have the same elegance of Pryor's fastball. It was a laser. It was It came out of his hand. And it was just straight to the spot. You know, oftentimes you get these weird angles from the side here. And there's going to move left and right. Pryor 
I mean, if he, I would think now with analytics, I'm sure he'd be throwing elevated heaters. And yeah. that was a, that was a spin heavy, like going up unreal thing. And it was just, it, was, it just felt like that's how you're supposed to pitch was yeah. what Mark Pryor was doing in his prime. I almost went with Kerry Wood, but that's like, ah, no, Pryor was like the real beauty. Yeah. To what me, a yeah. good way to put it. Elegant. And that's the way you're supposed to pitch. That's how it's right? supposed to look. That's, that was it, you know? Yeah. Prime and, Mark Pryor was like a video yeah. game repertoire for sure. Yeah. And, really and, and since then, Nick's just been chasing that dragon, trying to find Mark Pryor. I know, later. I can't do it. I, <laughs> that's I just, why we I do, just that's why we're here at Pitcher List to find next Mark Pryor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, and now I'm going to do the weird one. This is one that I shouldn't be picking, but I just got to give him props. And I don't think we do enough. Uh, I'm going to go with Ubaldo Jimenez in 2010. Oh, man. With the Rockies. Absolutely. Defying every rule and destroying it in cores. Oh, didn't he start like 12 and 0? I mean, he, he was, was he was 19 and 8 in 2010. Oh. 288 ERA, 115 whip, 24% K rate. At cores. He survived cores. He that was he pre humor the amazing cores, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. It, it was just, it was like you're not supposed to do well right now, buddy. Like, how are you doing yeah. this? Now that I just have to give him props for that season. Mm-hmm. Get course, on my team, and, buddy. Unfortunately for Herman Marquez, that's kind of what I feel like people expect him to kind of be at some point. You know, like Ubaldo's <sighs> season was such a like wild like I don't yeah. think we're gonna see there was a, something special like, about that season. Right. Yeah. Like like, I don't think I'd trust another Colorado pitcher, you know, now, you know, obviously it's a completely different team. Uh, you know, the field's a little different, but Ubaldo was really special. At, at Absolutely. And I mean, yeah. I understand his no hitter was not in course. It was in Atlanta. He had six walks in that game. Still no hitter. Fine. But you did it. You know, you did <laughs> yeah. it. And that's OK. Exactly. It was. Yeah. So I, I feel like I need to give him props in the way that also he dropped his arm. Um, my mm. coach would call it the sweet spot every single time you, you pitch. At some point, you bring out your your hand, and it's the lowest part you have with the ball. That's your sweet spot. Going down with it, you got to get mm-hmm. there and stop there at some point. Ubaldo like he pulled it out. It was like a I don't know, it was like hanging from a rope or something like that. It would just go straight <laughs> down to the ground like a clock almost with a weight yeah. on. It. And okay. there's something so like, yeah, this is I kind of like pitching where it's, you know, yes, you have your Mike Pryor's that is the elegance and like, this is how you're supposed to pitch. And then you have guys like Ubaldo's like, screw that. This is how I do it. And it's going to yep. work, damn it. And and that's <laughs> the best part about pitching for me. It's that there's so many different ways to be successful because you could be, you know, out. Here's a you could be Garrett Cole, Jacob Degrom, and just blow people away, or you right. could be Rich Hill and or, or you know Zach Granke who throws like 87 now and Dude, 51 the other day. Yeah, like oh like there's God, just so many cool. ways to, you know, there's command, there's velocity, there's just so many elements to it that it's really you could be throwing knuckleballs. I mean, like it, you can do anything and it's it's really cool to see people get success and that there's no real one way to do it. Absolutely. Uh so yeah, there's my fun team. Nice. I fun I really team. wanted to go with just like, you know what? These are the Pedro Randy. Yeah, we, we went cheap and <laughs> but, said, "Who's the best of all time to watch?" I mean, that was what the question was. I was just like, "I no, just want to, I just want to mention these guys." guys. Yeah, yeah. W- w- which was funny because before this, I had a second list up there that featured like Brett Tomko, uh, Russell oh, Ortiz. Yeah. I was trying yes. to get like a seventy-one team win. Russell Ortiz. Oh man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Russell Ortiz. That's a, that's that's a that, those are great picks. <laughs> Oh, okay. really, really good, really good picks. I, I like that a lot. I mean, even like so, Francisco Liriano before he had oh, his yeah. oh, he was so much fun. Tommy John. He was like the second yeah. coming of yeah. Liriano and Santana almost. His slider yeah. was, oh, man. I haven't so thought about good. Liriano too good. in too long. Yeah, right? <laughs> he's still, I think he's still going. I hope he is. It's weird. It, it's unreal. It's it's unreal. wild how long some people can pitch. Like, it's it's. Oh, uh, yeah, we, we found that um, Bartolo was pitching in 2000. So, yeah. 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 It says the person who chose Negro and Page over here. So that's true. I did. I did pick two guys who pitched very, very deep into their careers. <laughs> uh, so. So now just to put a bow on it, you've got your rotation. Now, who's who's taking the ball in game seven? Is it your SP one? Is it somebody else? Oh, man, I, I'm giving it to <laughs> I can't give it a prior. He messed that one up already. Yeah. <laughs> <Oop. laughs> <laughs> Uh, with, with sheets, you just don't know what you're gonna get. Sadly, True. Ubaldo, that was a moment, but yeah, whatever. No, yeah. it's it's very clear to me that it's Johan Santana. I mean, he's of gonna course. win that game. Yeah, he's he's, yeah. he's, he's gonna win it. I, and oh yeah, I also <laughs> I I knew I had another one that I was forgetting. I I want to say second half 2012, Chris Medlin, uh, with his point seven nine ERA yeah, hey. when he came back. 
People that was about not that. that was that was a Vargas yeah. rule back then, if you know yeah. that phrase. But yeah. that wasn't supposed to be good. I just I just wanted to mention that one. I uh, but yeah, Johan Santana was just that's my game. Perfect. Game seven, yeah, got to win definitely, definitely. Who you got, Brandon? Who do you think I have? I don't know. R. A. Dickey. <laughs> Okay, yeah, sure. No, man. I'm going with the guy who started in the one game. Oh, he didn't start game seven, but he did come in for relief. Um, I'll go with Bob Gibson because I want to see Bob Gibson just mean mug people. Oh, yeah. We always want that. Absolutely. Bob Gibson's definitely one of the, in my like top three pitchers that I wish I could have seen. Right behind Um, Satchel. Right behind Satchel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, And the other guy that I'm about to mention right now, Sandy Koufax. I obviously love Satchel Page. You know, I. You, I can't really go wrong with my lineup here. I've got Page, Koufax, Kershaw, Lincecum. Yeah, we Nico. cheated. We definitely have. A well, but that's the, that's what here. you're supposed it's, to it's do. That was the question. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, I think I got to go Sandy Koufax, just his unreal ERA in, in, you know, in the Dodgers World Series runs. Just such a cool player. I just, you know, he had that burning fastball. His, of course, the that that curve. The like, curve. I just. Like I, I get caught up in my words just trying to just trying to talk about it because he's just larger than life to me. Absolutely, uh, so Sandy, yeah. Sandy, one hundred percent would be my guy. Yeah, but uh, that will just about do it. We went a little long, but I think I think we <laughs> we we were all right. Uh, we had a good time, and that's what's most important. Um, but Nick, thank you so much for coming on with us. Anytime I get to talk about two thousands baseball players is a great day for me. So thank you so much for that list you just gave us because that was a huge throwback, especially Brandon Webb for me because that's uh, not a, that's a name I haven't heard in. I will, it's, I will it never hurts. forget Brandon. It still yeah, hurts it, me. it really does. You know, and that yeah. was just such a sudden thing. I uh, oh yeah, Cliff Lee by the way, Prime Cliff Lee was another. Ooh, Roy hey, Holiday, you guys didn't mention Roy him. Holiday. Like, how dare you? That Phillies uh, rotation in 2011 was, was so. Unreal. I mean, it was it was too much. Uh, but yeah, yeah, guys, this is so much fun. I learned about eyewash. And I will use that moving forward because that's a yeah, great phrase. The, there you uh, go. But yeah, really, this is this is a ton of fun. And you really thank you so much for having me here. Of course. Of course. Of course. Um, so for those of you that don't know, you can follow Nick online on Twitter at PitcherList. Be sure to check out the PL Plus Discord where you can talk to all three of us. It's a great time. Uh, we talk about everything from video games to baseball to whatever. Life. I guess. The, the economy. Life, exactly. <laughs> I think we do have a stocks channel, so you're not entirely wrong. <laughs> um, but like I said, it's a it's a great time with a bunch of really great and positive people. And that's the most important part. Now, as far as short hops and tall tales goes, if you like if you like what you hear, uh, be sure to follow along with us on Twitter at short hops PL. You can find Brandon at BD Riddle and myself at Noah A. Scott six. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple's podcast, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're currently listening to this podcast. Um, If you like what you're hearing, leave a review if you want. Uh, But that will bring it to a close for this episode of Short Hops and Tall Tales. So for Brandon Riddle, I'm Noah Scott, and this has been, well, I just said Short Hops and Tall Tales. I feel like I'm saying it like four times in this sentence. This has been the Short Hops and Tall Tales podcast. We will see you next time.